standing this morning for scripture and prayer as Brother Marion makes his way this morning to lead us in scripture and prayer today. Praise the Lord. chapter 16 looking at verse he says sing unto the Lord all the earth show forth from death declare his glory among the heathen his marvelous works among all nations for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised he also is to be feared among all gods for all the gods of the people are idols but the Lord made the heavens glory and honor are in his presence Strength and gladness are in his place. Given to the Lord, you kindred of people. Given to the Lord, glory. Given to the Lord, the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in beauty of holiness. Before him all the earth, the world also shall be stable, that it be not moved. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth be And let men say among the nations, the Lord. At this time, I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer. Thankful congregation. Thankful for those that are visiting. Let us pray. Father, again, we're thankful always for your love. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would touch and move upon everything, Lord, that's done in this service today. Father, I pray, Lord, that it bring you praise. And Lord, that it would just lift you up, Lord. You said in your word, if we'll lift you up, you'll draw all men. Father, again, we're thankful to be in your presence. Thankful for the songs that's been sung. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, for the word that's come. Lord, we pray that you just have your way, touch and move. You may be seated this morning. This is the month, so I'll take a few minutes to let in this service. So at this time, I have Miss and them to come. A little bit uh, with good morning uh, this in July we've been children on we've been working with the children on the whole arm we weren't able to be in so we were been learning about the helmet of salvation. Salvation is something we all of us need to understand. Even a person who is severely learning challenge can receive it. But the reason the Apostle Paul got salvation with the put salvation in helmet of salvation is he understand what we believe, and that's absolutely true. Reflect should be the helmet of salvation keeps us thinking right. Times that we heard, look before you ask. Parents, since we have to think, is very important piece of the. And And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
personally, so we each day, all of us, we've been emphasizing this with that they need to put on the God. We each day, and I think the children have a little song they want to sing for you. Amen. Can we let these kids we are one more time? Let's just give them a job, guys. We love you guys. Job today. Well, they us that they came to church ready to sing the Lord. So let's stand again today and let's sing the Lord. This song says there's sitting down in glory, and it's mine. It has the old hymn Victory in Jesus attached to it first part, you should know the second part of this song together this morning. Change me now, I'm free. The victory. 
Precious 
in the house today amen amen you may be seated briefly in the presence of the lord if you have your bibles 
I'd like with you to go with me to the book of Matthew. That you can continue to stream our services and find out more information by going and downloading in your Google Play Store or your app, uh, Apple Store, the, the app called Our Church. And it will literally take you to an app and then you just, it'll ask church you'll look up look for it oh praise the lord see she's got it right if you haven't tithes and offerings you can do so in the boxes up front or in uh, I, I love to see children wanting to give to the lord but don't forget you can download that also you can always find out any information it's santee circle g you can church you can rewatch services you can listen of uh, find out all different information. Do not, if you say, well, Pastor, I didn't bring anything, I don't know how to get it to you. Multiple platforms for you. You can give in boxes, you can mail it to 52. You can use the tithe.ly app. Go and look for Santee Circle Church of God under that. CircleCOG.org, and there's a button that says give. You click that button, and it'll give you a play by play instructions. On how to do that as well. After every go to your Google or Apple podcast stores. And uh, if you subscribe to podcast or like to listen to you can uh, go do go to that Santee and you can look that up and we literally bring our feed right into you, the R and you can or an Apple device. You can we're both on Google and on Apple Podcasting. So you can go to either one. So no matter what phone you have, if you like to listen to podcasts, we can we can be a part of your podcast. Listening to any other podcast besides and delete them all off us right now, just so you have enough storage. We would love for you to subscribe. Uh, I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed last Sunday morning. I love it when God comes by and he just meets with his people. Now, I love to preach. I enjoy that a lot. But I love it when God does preaching and I get to just sit back and watch. It's a lot of fun to see that. And I think many of you here last week and those that are that were a part of the altar service last week, things for you. Um, have a lot to pray for. Uh, uh, Amber and David Fult are under the weather today. A little stomach bug. They're watching online. So, David and Amber, welcome. We love you guys. Today, uh, with a little stomach virus, uh, brother uh, uh, Stan and sister Brenda Frierson had to slip out. She's not feeling too well this morning. Halfway through Sunday school, she got a little nauseous and uh, had to slip out. So pray for them as well. Uh, continue to pray for Bonnie Gunn, who is battling cancer, and her daughter, who's recovering from surgery. Um, you know, continue to pray for sister Jamie Bennett Haley, who is still recovering from her uh, esophageal surgery. Uh, but 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 we have a lot to give God uh, thanks for today. Uh, because uh, last week, Sister Nell could not be with us because she threw her back out. Uh, she is. She thought she was a lot younger than she is, and she tried to do things, and it decided to let her works, and uh, it kind of gave on her a little bit, and uh, and so anyway, uh, she is back in church with us, so we're super excited uh, about that as well. And this past week, Brother Gil Enron had a procedure. But thank the Lord, all came back good. He came through the surgery, and he is here today. So he came through all that. So we thank the Lord for that. So can we just give the Lord credit for that today as well? Uh, 
I don't I don't know if we actually got the count. Did we get the count today or not? If not, we may need to do that in a minute. Yeah, Brother Larry, if you don't mind doing that in just a minute for me, just to make sure. Um, so that being said, uh, as they get ready to do the count here shortly, I thank God that He always moves. But one thing I love more than anything else is I love how every time we have a service like we had this past Sunday, how He even the very next us, He's still God, whether it's or, or others. A brother, or Christina, I, uh, Coker, or out, um, her on hospice and not looking well. Want to leave his side, but but every time they he seems to do something good. He always seems to do something good, and uh, we have been talking uh, on a series, and, and we're going to continue. I'm going to finish that series today. I was supposed to finish it last week, but. God had other plans, and we're going to continue that as well. And also, don't forget, I just remember, don't forget the Chastise Ministries money for uh, the men and women who uh, are going through the uh, drug and alcohol program. I am a part of that ministry. Man, if he gains the whole world, he loses his own soul. It's great if I can help some guy in Africa or Asia or Israel, but what about the guy across the street? He needs Jesus just as Asia does. So... I'm still good. We're still going to give to world missions, but but I also believe in giving to home uh, as well. And so continue to do that. They have a banquet coming up on August the 26th at 630. That's a Thursday night. Uh, it's absolutely, I have eight tickets. It's absolutely free if you want to go. Uh, actually, seven tickets because one of them is mine. But uh, so seven people can go. Uh, go with the pastor just to hear about them, see it, and listen to some of their stories. Fisherman coming in. I forgot the guy's name, but if you want to go see me or over the next couple weeks, and we'll get you this ticket to go. It's already been paid for, so you don't have to worry about paying. You just need to go and represent. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. I'm going to have you stand for the reading of God's word this morning before we pray the prayer of faith over the word. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor or its effectiveness, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing to be trotted under the feet of men. You also are the light of the world. A city that has been set upon a hill. Why is it on a hill? Because if you're up on a hill, even people in the valley can see what's going up on the hill. But if the city's in the valley, it's kind of hard to see on the other side of the mountain, across the mountain to the valley. But if I'm on the mountaintop, that means this side of the valley and that side of the valley can see the light that's on the hill. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does a man light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Therefore... This is what God said we're to do. We're still talking about, are you a little salty? But the, in the Bible, a lot of times, you are the light of the world. So let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That means if you profess and put across your breastplate of righteousness the name Christian across your chest, you should be displaying the light of Christ everywhere. You if you're not, you're a false representation of what you say you are. 
They're false representation. Well, that, they call that a hypocrite. I'll be a little bit nice representation, but Jesus would have called you a hypocrite. You say one thing, but you are another. Hurt. They're they're quick to to cut you. They say nasty things to you. They they just a little snarky at times with you. But God called us to be salty too. Maybe not in that light, but God called us to be the salt of the world. He said, and if salt loses its effectiveness, it is worthless. You should just throw it outside and just go ahead and throw it in and, and, and let people just walk all over it. So my question. When I ask you, are you a little salty, my question is, are you still effective for the kingdom of God? Or have you lost your effectiveness for the kingdom of God? Have you lost your effectiveness, your edge for the kingdom of God? Father, this morning I pray the prayer of faith that you would God, I pray that you would not only be here. God, as we get ready, God, to unpack the nuggets of truth that we find in your word. I pray that you would open our eyes and our ears to what thus saith the word of the Lord. It is not about ability, God. It's not even about the persuasion. That's it. Just you. I pray you would bless it. I pray that you would go with us, guide us, together and ask all these things and the people of God said amen and amen you may be in the presence of the Lord today a couple weeks ago I showed you this picture uh, two weeks ago it is on the mountain called the Mount of Sodom it is in the Israeli and Palestine region and there is a rock Erosion of things in the world that has different side of the same rock. This rock is time made this silhouette. People around the area began to say this silhouette kind of looks human characteristic to it, and so they gave this rock formation. It is called Lot's Wife. In fact, you can Google on your Google uh, or, or, or on your uh, just Google or, or on Safari or, or Apple, uh, Safari, Chrome, whatever. You Google Lot's Wife Rock and that picture will come up. You'll see all kinds of different people that have went there and took in, taken excuse me, shots of that rock formation. It is a, supposed to be a memento or, or a reminder of when Lot's wife, literally at the place called Sodom, turned into a pillar of salt. To unfurl and unpack the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I started this series out by telling you when we started that Abraham and Lot, uh, uh, Abraham uh, kind of inherited, if you will, being a surrogate parent earlier than he expected. In fact, uh, Abraham had a brother and his brother died in the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abraham's father uh, uh, began to raise uh, Abraham's uh, nephew, Lot. 
But Abraham's father, because of old age, ended up dying, and that left, left Lot kind of orphaned. And so Uncle Abram and Aunt Sarai took Lot in as basically their child, if you will, even though it was their that reared him and raised him. And as he grew up, the works and the trades, and he became very successful, the Bible says the, the cattle and the sheep of Abraham and Lot Lot get to a place there in Canaan and Abraham says Lot you can have any pick of this land that you choose it's up to you and Lot said okay he looks over and he surveys and he notices in the valley in the plain there is a place called Sodom and Gomorrah the grass was so green the land was so fertile and the vegetation was so so fresh it literally looked like the best place so Lot told father Abram I want to go there Abraham said are you sure yes that's where I want to go so Abraham said I'll go this way if you're going that way Lot took his wife and his family and they went to Sodom what ended up happening though is though Lot started out going to church he was in a Christian family he was raised by a godly patriarch of the family all the golden nuggets of truth inside of him over time the effects of the world got inside the man of God I would caution you today to be careful that while we're living in the day and hour that we're living in and I'm not here to preach politics of Republican Democrat Tea Party communism or or, or, or democracy would caution you optimistically to say this that be careful that you don't allow the things of this world to infiltrate and change the man and woman of God you are called to be because what has happened is Lot began to take on some of the the personality and characteristics of this Sodom and Gomorrah was known as one of the most vile and wicked cities of the day in fact they were very much a city they were a city that promoted Homeless for a city that I would hate to tell you and bust your bubble, but we are living in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. In fact, the Bible says, just like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, shall it be when the coming of the Son of Man return? And so, what were the days of Sodom like? Well, it was a church, we're living in wicked practices well we're living in places where vile practices are happening uh, they were a city known for homosexuality and the celebration of homosexuality well my goodness we've got whole months dedicated to LBG we don't know if you question in who you are we don't know what here or she we got to call we can't say boy and girl just say to because we we are just like the and Gomorrah we are living those days right now Sodom and Gomorrah the angel of the Lord appears to Abraham and he said I'm going to destroy Abraham said whoa 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 whoa, my family but he starts out if there are 40 if there are 30 he down to 10 I told you a couple weeks ago the reason I believe Abraham got it down to 10 he thought he had 10 in his family because you have, we know for a fact he had two daughters so that's four so he may have had two other ones based on the scriptures about his daughters were virgins and the other ones were, were betrothed to because he had sons-in-laws so between four to add the two son-in-laws you're already so so Sodom and Gomorrah uh, Lot would have had about family Abraham was hoping just his family alone 
Lord. But I can tell you this this morning. You can raise them in church. You can rear them in church. You can pray over them. You can beat them over the head with the Bible. You can go throw oil all over their comforter. You can speak in tongues all over their room. They will stay their own decision. They'll have to decide to the left or to the right. They'll have to decide to the Lord. If God be for me, who can be against me? To choose to be on the other side doesn't mean you don't still pray. That doesn't mean you fast. But what it does mean is decisions. And all you got to do is trust your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make the pathway straight. That's why the Bible says you reign, train them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Train up a child in the way they should go so when they grow old they won't. A point in our life we have to understand that we can only take someone so far. So they get to Sodom and Gomorrah. The angels show up to Sodom and Gomorrah. They get to Lot. They tell him they got to leave the city. Lot and his wife start delaying. They're leaving. Bible says that said look here I'm grabbing you by the hand we're leaving right now you we, because what I believe has happened in this story and I believe it has affected and plagued the church people in the church world have tasted just enough of the world they're having a hard time letting go of the things of this world they've they've enjoyed a, they still want to be a Christian they still want to live a certain way they still want to go to they still want to look part part of them has gotten so uh, infiltrated, if you will, with the world that there are certain things of the world they enjoyed too much that they're not ready to let go of it yet. The Bible says when I get saved, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. That means if I can still do what I did as a sinner while I'm a Christian, I obviously didn't pray through long enough. Come on, somebody, act like you know what the preacher's talking about today. If I can still drink the same drinks I drank when I was a sinner, when I'm saved, then obviously I didn't pray long enough. If I can still smoke the things I smoked as a sinner after I got saved, obviously I didn't pray long enough. I don't care if you're smoking cigarettes, a doobie, or whatever you're smoking. At the end of the day, if you can smoke it as a sinner, then somebody should have prayed a little bit longer with you in the altar. I'm here to tell you that if you don't put some of those things away, you're going to be smoking one day, but you're going to be smoking in a place you don't want to be smoking. You're going to be like a Boston butt rotating in a rotisserie because you're going to go to a place there ain't nothing but smoking going on down there if you know what I'm talking about some things in life happen you got to let go of some of the things that you used to do if you say I'm a child of God there are certain things that you did before you have to be I let them go I, I disassociate myself from them they're no that so easily entangles me and I run the race that is set before me some things I just have to let them go let them go but Lot and his wife couldn't let them go the angel Lord's dragging him out says look you, 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 you gotta go Lot starts telling his family we gotta go we gotta go I told you two weeks for your family or anybody to believe the Christianity when you're the one that led them to think about what I just said go this place is bad but Lot you're the one that took them into the sin sickened city hello so your credibility as a child of God your credibility as a Christian it's hard for you to go bring the son and daughter back say oh you need to get saved if you were the one that sent them to their sin sickened state if you were translation and certain theologians if they were there if it was her friends if it was the loss of everything she because they could only take what they could carry I don't know exactly what happened but about halfway 
between here and there. In fact, Lot said, we can't make it all the way to the other side of the mountain. Let, let us just stop at the city Zor. Let us, just, let us just stop over there as close as we can go. And about halfway to the destination, there was only one thing they were not supposed to do. They were not supposed to turn around. Because the Bible, even all the way in Genesis, is telling us that when you let go of your sin in your life, you don't turn around and go back to it. You leave it right where it's at and you move forward. That's why he said we're going to keep going. And, and Lot's wife's like, no, no. See, the reason God doesn't want you to turn around is because God doesn't want you to go back to what you used to do. The Bible says any man that puts to the plaque is fit for the king because he's too worried about you know, self-guided tractors, you don't even got to do nothing. You got air conditioning, and you just sit back there drinking your cup of joe while the tractor just playing for you. Computerized plotters now, and it just plots. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I was, I was sweating today. I was out there planting those soybeans and those people. My tractor's air conditioned but I, all I had to do was just in case the computer messed up but the tractor drove itself man it was a hard day on the job well see there were some people that would argue you that because back in the day you had a mule you know what a mule is a stucky it's just you got to beat them you got to keep going attention you can put blinders on them this you know what you're going to do with your rows they're going to be crooked on what's ahead you're doing like this so you could be veering over here it could be veering over there because you're not looking at what's ahead. That's why no man can put his hand to the plow and look back. It will make uneven. It is not even. It's not done properly. I told you that salt has a couple interesting uh, things about it. We already discussed a couple weeks ago how salt influences everything around it. You put salt on anything, it influences what it's around it. And I told you that as the body of Christ, the Bible says that we are Christians, we are called to be of God. And I told you that if we lost our effectiveness, then we're no good. We should be affecting everything around us. That's what God called us to be. I also talked about the preservation of salt, that you put salt in things that you don't want to go bad. You put it in there, you seal it up, you try to preserve it, meats and other things. You want to keep it from going bad. Just like the same way I said spiritually, God wants us to be a preserver of the things of God. He wants us to preserve our heritage. He wants us to preserve our walk with God. He wants us to find sons and daughters and bring them home to the faith and keep them safe in the shadow of the Almighty. God wants us to be a preservation, if, we, if you will. I said salt cleanses things. It gets infections out. You will, anytime you have a canker sore or you have some kind of, of, of issue, you, you, you gargle with salt water. You want to keep the infection out. You want to cleanse it. You want to make sure that everything is, is, is made right. I told you salt also heals. Salt is like a healing property. It might be a little discomforting at first, but what it's doing is generating healing in the body. It is designed to help be a healing agent. I told you uh, of the story uh, uh, last week about uh, how the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and, and I'm going to pick up from here today, the Ark of the Covenant was being transported. See, David and, and them had just uh, uh, had won a great battle, and the, the Ark of the Covenant had like for churches, again, to house the glory of the Lord. Literally, when we say house of worship, when people came to this 
we would be housing the glory of the Lord in the building. What a testimony of a church that I could go to church and feel the Shekinah glory of God. The wind just blows through. It's not the air conditioning. No, it's the Spirit of God. And I could just feel the presence of God because I am housing the glory of God. Well, David got a little jealous. He said, whoa. How come I'm the king in town? How come he's being blessed? How come his house? I want to be blessed. I want the Ark of the Covenant. And so he sends some men to get the Ark of the Covenant. He sends these guys. And they make, the Bible says, a brand new cart. Brand new. Never been used before. And they to it. And they are along the road. If we're not careful, it's going to come to a bump in the road. If you don't, just drive Berkeley County everywhere. You don't find leaders. Your whole car submerges and you come back out on the other side and didn't know you were. It's like you went into a quantum leap time warp. You just came right back. Everybody experiences bumps in the road. Death, financial issues, divorces, sicknesses. COVID, hello, ain't nobody saw that coming two years ago or a year and a half ago. Nobody, no, nobody was sitting there going, I think a global pandemic's about to hit in a couple weeks. No, no, we didn't see it coming. It was a bump in the road. We all experience, even in our spiritual journey, we experience bumps in the road. That means things sometimes get a little shaky at times. The Bible said the ox stumbled at a bump in the road and the Ark of the Covenant began to kind of rock teeter a little bit meaning the presence of the Lord was kind of like on the fence remember what the Bible said in Revelation I would rather you be not hot nor cold I'd rather you be hot or cold not lukewarm which is means tottering the fence because God doesn't want to be this way that way this way that that's not his design to be and a guy reached his hand out to steady the ark but he died on impact from touching the glory of God represented in the Ark of the Covenant. Now everybody, most people are like, oh my goodness, Pastor, he was just trying to help. That's what he gets for lending a helping hand. No, 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 no. Because he knew better. Everyone knew better. Because the Ark of the Covenant was never designed to be on a cart. It says that and only the priest, i.e. the leaders or the, the, the leaders of the church these gold rings and and there should be four priests each corner lift the presence of the Lord on the shoulders. That why, that's why on the garment praise for the spirit lift up your voice to God. You have to struggle a little bit but, with, but the design of the Ark of the Covenant was to be lifted up shoulders because the presence of God was supposed to reside on the people on a cart but on the shoulders of the people so David knew better I knew better Israel that you did every time they left to go anywhere the priest would have the desert across mountains across valleys the instructions given by God. Anytime you to follow God's instructions, yourself up for trouble. You don't have to lie. 
and his and his and his instructions, you make yourself susceptible to being uh, prey to something catastrophic happening. Do you know what a cart is made of? Wood. It's made up of big and big wheels. We can perfect church, can sing the right songs, do what you can try to perfect church, but big committees and big boards and big money does not mean that's God. That does not mean that's God. When David said that when Uzzah died, they stopped immediately in the road. They stopped. David realized, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I've messed up. I've messed up. Last time you tried to move it, you brought to the temple in Jerusalem because he learned his lesson. The only problem, David wasn't right. David to go get it, was instructing it to finally come back. David was not the one. But how does that got to do with Sodom and Gomorrah? Because sometimes the decisions you and I make affect us, but it can have adverse consequences. Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot sent them there, but Lot lost his wife in the process. David asked for the Ark of the Covenant, but another man died because of the failure to follow instructions. You see, we live in a day and an hour where the presence of the Lord, it's not that God's not there, but we have, if you will, in essence, put him in a box like the Ark of the Covenant. And, and God was never intended to live in a box. But we, we, windows, God, you've got this window of time to move. But if you haven't moved by this time in church, we got to go. We put these parameters on the presence of God. But that's not how God works. We want God to heal finances, we want God to heal our marriage, we want God to heal our church, well, then you got to sometimes forget about time and just be willing to wait on God. You just have to be willing to wait. And another thing salt does is salt creates thirst. You ever eat anything salty? You get thirsty. When you're working in the yard, you start sweating. But the body has its natural tendencies to cool you down through sweat. You know what happens? You try to want to replenish that, right? Because you don't want to get dehydrated. So you, oftentimes, you might get water, but a lot of people will go get Gatorade, Powerades, things like that. Do you know that they have a high sodium content? Because the design of Gatorade and Powerade with their electrolytes is to get you to still be thirsty, to ensure you drink enough to stay hydrated so they make it just salty enough that you just keep drinking and drinking that's why you can drink Gatorade and as soon as you put it back down on the coaster you feel like man I'm still thirsty and you pick it right back up it's designed to keep you hydrated it's designed to be a little salty salt creates a thirst it creates it, it also dehydrates create this this element to get you to continue to drink whether it's chips, boiled peanuts, pork rinds, these things that have salt content, you want something to drink with them. 
When one gets dehydrated, they get thirsty. Sodium is used to elicit You see, Lot gets tired and weary on the journey. They get out of Sodom, wife dies, Lot's tired, he lays down. He's exhausted. He is thirsty, the Bible said he is worn out. His daughters conjure up this plan. We're not going to have children, because all the men we did know are dead in Sodom and Gomorrah. So they literally get their dad, listen to this story. I already told you he's thirsty, he's tired, he's weary, he's thirsty. So they knew that he was already thirsty, so they give him strong drink, alcoholic drink to intoxicate him. This, if there's ever been a time to preach on the, abs- the abstaining from alcohol, this story should be one right here. Because what alcohol does is it literally becomes, and it causes your brain to not function properly. It inhibits. Inhibited that the first sexual daughter. He would send people to jail today. Because he's he's inhibited. The next night, the next daughter goes, Well, it's my turn. She gets him drunk again. Daughter does the same thing. You see what I've learned? Drunkenness has some characteristics. You see, in this drunken state, Lot sinned and he literally did things he should. But something desire for thirst. See, Lot was, but he drank the wrong thing. Something we can drink, a strong drink. When you get drunk with that, you, you won't. You won't be thinking clearly either, but but you'll be thinking a lot differently than, than Lot was thinking. Your whole mind, let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Something will happen in you you can't explain. You remember the story of the Samaritan woman? What she come to the well for? She was thirsty, needed water, drink. She said, how are you going to, how are you going to, you know, he, she said, yeah, sure, whatever. He said, but if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask me to give you a drink. And she's like, sir, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. You asked me for a drink already. You don't have a pot to get the water. You don't even have a cup to get the water. How, pray tell, are you going to give me? And Jesus said, if you knew of the water that I give, you'll never thirst again. And she's like, well, please, sir, if I don't have to come back to this well in the heat of the day every day and draw this water, I'm all about it. He said, no, now you're missing the point. This has nothing to do with physical water. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. You have to thirst for something greater. See, we're living in a day and hour. We want all this instantaneous stuff. We want God to do it right now, right then, right when we say so. We don't know how to wear to wait and tarry in the presence of the Lord but if we ever get to a point that we hunger and thirst after righteousness if we ever got to a point we were so thirsty for the things of the Lord and we had that desire that wanting to have that refreshing water of Jesus Christ that river of living water to to flow inside of us if you ever got that you will be so much God will supply your needs according to his but see the church is no longer creating a thirst All these different things. We're not, we're not cultivating thirst. We're promoting our own agendas. You know what I like about salt and sugar? 
They look the same. One is sweet. One is not. In our lives, how pray tell are they going to be able to tell a difference in their lives? Come on. You cannot be the salt of the if you are sugarcoating the gospel. You're saying, well, Pat, I, I'm not saying you don't preach it in love. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, hellfire and brimstone and tell everybody they're not going to make it to heaven. No, no. What I am saying to you is if they don't see a difference in your life, why they should leave their life, then obviously something is wrong. You have lost your effectiveness for the kingdom of God. See, we, salt and sugar look the same, but I believe that we're living today an hour that churches are doing a lot more sugarcoating things than being the salt of the earth rather than cleansing and creating a culture of thirst and, and healing wounds rather than being a little salty. We're more trying to stroke your ego. We're trying to make you feel better. We're trying to give you a positive and good. But sometimes it's comforted when you sometimes salt makes things a little irritated. Sometimes always have it where we have to be discomforted to be able to go where God wants us to go. And then finally, Miss Carol makes her way. That doesn't mean anything. That just makes you think of it's. I read psychology that when something happened, it is. She's about to play, but that don't mean nothing else is going to happen. It's psychological. No, I'm just kidding. The last thing that salt does there, the other week. Do you know there have been or did did not have a life? I don't know. Bob and no fun, no kid. Well, I definitely knew they didn't have kids because they would have had enough time to do this if they had kids. But somebody has tabulated and calculated that there are 14,000 ways to use salt. Never had enough time to do that as not married, doesn't have children, doesn't have a job, and uh, probably lives in a basement somewhere. Because who counts that many ways? Calculating that. So I'm not going to give you 13,990 since I've covered seven, I'm not going to give you the other thirteen and, and, and ninety-three. But the last size is cook. You use it to enhance the flavor. Whether it's kosher salt, whether it's just iodine salt, whether it's seasoning salt, whatever word you put before it, salt is to help the flavor. Put fat back in things. You want the salt out of it. Come on, somebody, I like y'all cooked before. Why do you put ham and green beans? You want the saltiness out of that ham and get inside that green beans. You want like a film of glory over the top of your green beans. Nobody even knows it's green beans because there's a fog, a haze over it. You just scoop it and hope it's something underneath the haze. That's what you're after. There's not a haze. It's too healthy. It's not good enough. Green beans are clear. Good green beans, you can It's a haze. It's like a smoke. The reality of it Salt enhances flavor. Support us as a church, not just this church, but universally. To be tender-hearted, be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted, even as Christ has forgiven you. That's found in Ephesians four. Tender-hearted, God wants us not. Now, I know the kids saying the sword, you know, 
using the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. There are times that you have to use the sword of the Spirit. There are times you have to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God's not requiring us for you to walk into Walmart and just walk by people and just be like, bless them in the name of Jesus. And just with your Bible. No. There are certain times, if you see somebody do that, you take your Bible and knock them out and tell them they're a bad representation of church. That's it. God's to cry with people. Hug someone's neck. Tell someone they look Even if they don't look nice. Maybe they didn't brush their teeth this morning. Tell them you like their shoes. I, I don't care, but be nice to them. We're to be hearted. You're going to love people to God when you look like They don't want that. They stuff in their Salt enhances flavors. It makes men and women to be chef and flavor experts. The Apostle Paul said this to the church at Colossae, let always be gracious and seasoned with salt. Know how to answer. Proverbs 28, 14, a tender-hearted person lives a blessed life. A hard-hearted person lives a hard. A good chef makes one desire the food, even taste the food. Because the created in the room has ever served. Have you ever been somewhere and you could smell something? You hadn't even ate it yet, and you're like, I don't know what they're cooking, but Lord, I wish I was invited to that house. Because the aroma has created. That's why we sing around here, let the sweet aroma. Of worship, fill this room. Let it rise before the Father as a fragrant, sweet perfume. Let our song of praise be pleasing and our sacrifice consumed as a sweet aroma of worship. Fill this room. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to create an environment that when people walk into this room, even before the song is sung, even before the message is preached, there is something that's drawing them to the Father. There is something drawing them to an altar. There is something making them want to know. I don't know what that is, but that looks real good. I don't know. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is experience God in his fullness. We want him to taste him and see that he is good. I'm the bread of life, Jesus said. See, we know that the Old Testament, the aroma that was created by the sacrifice of the Lord, the Bible tells us in Leviticus that they had to have salt on the sacrifice. I read that to you a couple weeks ago. So the question is, are we creating an atmosphere and an aroma of worship that would, would make people want to come and draw into His presence? Or are we turning people away from His presence? When people walk into church, are they drawn to the Spirit of God or do we send them away and then leave them in the same status they were in? They didn't see God. 4,000 known variations and vari uh, ways to use salt. Salt cannot do its job. If it is not properly used and applied. You can have all the salt you want to in the cabinet. But if you never use it, it never does its trap in the bottle. Take application to work. Application. James says this. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you are a listener when you do anything but listen. And let the word of God go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who look into a mirror, walk away, and then two minutes later have no idea what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the 
real counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, and sticks with it, it is no distracted, scatterbrained, but it is a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in action. Anyone who sets himself up to be religious by talking a good game is deceiving themselves. This kind of real religion, the kind that is pleasing to the Lord, is this, to reach out to the homeless, love the unlovable, guard against the corrupt a godless world. That was a paraphrase off of James 1, 22 and but that Fett's line is this last line. Reach out to the homeless, love the unlovable, and guard folks against the corruption from a godless world. That is what we are called to do. To let this world know there is a better way than what Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC, what all that having to listen to on TV, there is something better than that. This is a godless world, but that doesn't mean that that's just what they're telling you but God is still alive today he is the same yesterday today and forevermore God is still able so I love this are ineffective for the kingdom of God apply the right application of salt to our lives you're no good I've often heard it said you're so earthly minded that you're no heavenly good Sometimes I wonder if we're so focused on the things of this world, we have lost that effectiveness for the kingdom of God. Now, I thank God for last week's service and the presence of God that we felt in the place. I do. I would love for God to come and do that every week. That would be wonderful. I know that's not always how he moves, but I'd love that. But I also understand that every time we come to church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whatever times these doors open, anytime we come, we should always come with expectation we're not going to out speaking tongues run the aisles or whatever we're going to get something take it home with us we're not going to leave this the old song says you in Jesus name bound oppressed tormented sick or lame don't leave here like you came in Jesus name here's my question today I'm not asking you to do one of those Pentecostal powerhouse where we just line up and just run this building if God wants to do that so be it question you lost a little bit of still attract you or have you forgotten those things and you're now focused on laying up your treasures in heaven where are you today where are you in your journey because the world's not going to get better it's only going to get worse and so you need to make sure you know what you believe first peter tells us always be ready to give an answer a defense for the hope that lies within you you got to know what you believe or you'll get confused you will put your head bowed and eyes closed i'm just going to simply ask there's any that needs to be prayed for today before we sing the benediction that needs prayer today that says, Pastor, I need to feel I just need to be reminded I'm good with just my vision with him for me. If that's you, I slip your hand up. No one has to know but me and Jesus. Just preach your word to this people. God, let us don't of our lives in the body of Christ God help us to be a little salty you are 
just accept things as status quo, but God, sometimes we need to be disfurnished. So God, today I'm asking that you would speak to the hearts of these men and women that are under the sound of my voice today. God, many of them came to church with heaviness of hearts. They have, they've got their own struggles that they're battling. God, they don't have to leave here like they came today. They can leave here at creation. So, Father, as we get ready to sing a benedictory song, we always have a blessing that we proclaim over our church and those watching us online. I pray today that and resonate in our spirit for the day. We love you in Christ, Holy prayer as those that are going to make their way up here today sing this song don't forget tonight is men and women's fellowship we will be uh, trying to come to elect our officers for that uh, bring a covered dish you can bring a dessert you can bring finger foods there's always plenty of food so don't say oh well I don't know if I got food don't worry it's not we're just being the fellowship hall we're going to just fellowship enjoy being in each other's company there is no ship like fellowship. It's a good ship to get get on. It's a, it's a good one. It's a lot of fun to sit, sit together and to just hear the word of the Lord. And, and so if you, it's also a good time for me to get to talk to you. So if you've not really got to talk to me the last few weeks or get to know me or the, the church much, come tonight, talk with me, sit down. Miss Sybil is my best friend on fellowship. The last person to leave, she'll stay right there and talk to the preacher until Brother Gill's like, it's time to go, honey. And she'll say, she stays right with me to the end. She is like faithful as a clock. She's my, she's my go-to person. So, so come with us and hang out with us. So if you'll stand all over the house, those joining online, God bless you. We're going to sing this together. The Lord bless you and keep you. He make his face shine upon you. of my acceptable in your Lord my you can come tonight 6 o'clock for, for uh, fellowship night and Wednesday night for Bible will you pray today Father we do thank you for what you've done for us today Lord I pray go by with us and keep us in the good of our tonight for our time we ask all of this in Jesus